Hey besties, thanks for tuning in with us. Life is hard, families are weird, work is tough, and this week we're talking about doing the best we can with a global pandemic that is still happening even a solid year and a half later. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we asked all of you for your question, your feedback um, on the question of just like how this pandemic has affected you, if you wanted to share your stories or just insights that you've learned from your experience of going through this. Allie and I will be reading those stories, our personal stories, your reflections, and just talking through what the hell this last year has been for all of us. Seriously, the the dumpster fire that has never been put out. It's still burning too strong. It's kind of scary. I basically now am convinced that 2021 is 2020 just with a mask on. That's literally, that's all, <laughs> that's all we're living in right now, I think. I love it. Sadaya, okay. <laughs> do you want to kick us off? Yeah, of course. So we have a listener story who I will be reading on behalf of her. Her name is Daisha. Um, she actually also happens to be one of my best friends. So thank you, Daisha, for submitting this lovely reflection. I'm going to do my honor of trying to read it with as much um, emotion as I can. But we'll read through it and then obviously reflect on all of the goodness that Daisha has brought to this story. So this is from Daisha. When I think about the amounts of March to June 2020, I have to compartmentalize how the trials of those months impacted me in the different facets of my life as an educator, as a Black woman, and as a family member. Thinking back to March 11th, it's wild to me that it wasn't until the NBA suspended its season that I thought to myself, oh shit, this is getting real. I'm a huge Celtics fan and my coworkers and I were planning on taking one of our eighth graders to his first game as a graduation present. And now suddenly we couldn't. I walked into the work that day um, on the next Thursday, feeling anxious, a feeling I would, I would be familiar with for months to come. All the teachers ask, would we shut down for two weeks? What would that be like? It would only be two weeks, right? Honestly, that day was a bare minimum day. We tried to keep a strong face for our students, but we as teachers were cracking. We got an email that night at 8 p.m. that we would start our shutdown for two weeks after the weekend. We were to come in tomorrow, teach our students, and prepare lessons for two weeks for the students to take home. Less than 50% of our students showed up. Out of the nine students I would typically see as a special education teacher, only two showed up. We spent the day getting computer program subscriptions and calling families to tell them the new plan. We honestly thought it would only be two weeks. I didn't see my students in person until September. Most teachers didn't see students in a classroom until the end of March, early April in 2021. I made a point to give my students and families only what they could handle. As I stated before, I'm a special education teacher. My students' parents rely on my team and I to provide an academic education to their students, but also to give them prepared for the real world. Suddenly, the parents were in charge of that now. I am beyond proud of my students and families. They did the best they could with the difficult situation. We communicated and really spoke about how we were doing. I felt closer to these families more than ever. This 2020 to 2021 school year has been nuts. My students and I were in person for six weeks starting in September, then remote from October to February, and now back in person for the last four weeks or so. My students have handled these transitions with grace. It's amazing given the population that I work with especially. I am beyond proud of them. April of 2021 was when the anxiety started to ramp up. We had a family member test positive and were really nervous for the health of the elders in my family. I decided to spend some time with my dad in Rhode Island and take my grandma with me. 
The first few days were tense as we were watching for symptoms and calling to check it on our family member who was positive. Thank God she only had a fever as a symptom and recovered just fine and the rest of us were healthy too. For the first time since I was a child, I spent six weeks with my dad. It was wonderful to be secluded together, take walks, cook. I watched a lot of movies with my grandma. As I watched the, Transform the Transformers series, she asked if I ever had nightmares about all of the robots. <laughs> <laughs> I was calm transitioning into May. I knew that we weren't going to go back into the building for that school year. State testing had been canceled. Woohoo. Yeah. Fuck the MCAS, by the way, if they were listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> the weather was getting nicer. My grandma and I made a plan to come back to Boston at the end of the month. We weren't as anxious. And then Memorial Day came. And then the George Floyd um, murder happened. I had started to limit how much news I was watching in May. I knew it wasn't healthy to continuously consume that much media, but after George Floyd and the ensuing marches, I couldn't stop. I was awake at 6 a.m. watching CNN when Omar Jimenez got arrested on live TV. I stayed up watching coverage every night as the peaceful protests transitioned into violence. My anxiety skyrocketed and I realized that I wasn't eating as, as I normally do. I realized how anxiety presented itself to me. Upon reflection, it's unreal to me that it wasn't the poorly led pandemic response that caused me the most anxiety. It was the fact that even during this time that we were all impacted, my life still doesn't matter. I needed self-care in June and I found it at my happy place, my mom's home in upstate New York. I always work in the summer and usually don't have time to visit my mom in the summer months. Last summer, I spent six months with my mom and it was glorious. I was able to relax and retreat. We spent a lot of time outside chatting at night. We watched movies and ate snacks. It was everything. Those four months of 2020 were eye-opening in the best and worst ways. I'm glad that I understand anxiety and what it does to me. I will never take for granted the amount of time I got to spend with my family and I am beyond amazed and proud of my students and my team. I pray that we don't forget the lessons learned and how those months impacted us. Wow. Holy fuck, Daisha. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Woo! Thank you for that vulnerable, honest, genuine story and reflection and saying what so many people need to hear. And hopefully that was something that helped you let go of some of that anxiety to kind of share your story. I know oftentimes we don't talk about these feelings. We don't talk about what we're, we're going through. And so I really appreciate you being honest and letting us share this with the world. So thank you. Yeah, this was... I low-key got a little bit emotional, I'm not going to lie. Because um, it's interesting, obviously, during this time, like, Daisha and I have kept in mm -hmm. touch, and, like, we're pretty good with staying connected, but it's so different to hear her feelings and experiences written, like, to read that out loud. And I know she's gone through a fuck ton, especially with the students and being a teacher, and then you don't even think about the layer of just, like, the racial pandemic that's been going on for centuries at this point that we all now are aware yep. of. Um, but Black people have been kind of caught on to that a lot sooner than others. But you just, it was, last year was just so much. And it's, you don't realize how you respond to those scenarios or, like, what those signals look like. And I love that she now is more in tuned with her body. Granted, it came through something very traumatic and I'm sorry it came through this way, um, but she knows the signs and she now knows how to take care of herself and how to love herself and also spread that love to her family members, her team, her students. Um, so I feel like even through all of that, she was still able to find and make the best positive experience as she could with the best that she had, you know? Yeah, I think it's tough too with the pandemic. Normally you would 
have things to look forward to on the weekend. You would connect with people in person and you would get that support in, in that personal way. And I think with the pandemic, we're even more isolated while we're going through traumatic and difficult times and not being able to gather. Or if we are, we're thinking about what risks are associated with it. And I think that's definitely added an extra toll and an extra piece to how we process and cope um, and take care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I never realized how much I liked hugging people until I was told I couldn't. I am such a hugger. Like it actually annoys my friends. I'm like, oh, you're, I'm greeting you. You're hugging me. Oh, we're saying goodbye. You're hugging me. I'm also one of those people that like, I need to tell you that I love you and it needs to be the last thing I say to you. Um, I love that. So definitely like haven't hugged my parents in over a year. Haven't even seen a lot of my friends in person in over a year. I think like my social anxiety has just increased. And now that we're getting to a point where there is that like, at the end of the tunnel, I think it is going to take some time for me personally to be able to feel comfortable being around others, being in public places, being in groups once again. Yeah, I think about that often. I know that you and I have had several conversations about like yeah. what it will be like to integrate back into a somewhat of a new normal or what that, whatever that means. Like, and I also just think about the shit that I've done before this pandemic and I'm like, <laughs> there's no way this is sanitary. Like I just, even the other day, my mom and I were eating like, I don't know, like peanuts for whatever reason. She was like, do you want some nuts? I was like, okay. And she was like, do you remember when you used to go to bars and like, they would just have the bowls of like nuts and and, like people would just eat out of them. She was like, you think about that shit now? That's fucking disgusting. Like, you're right. Like there's just things like that, that I would have never, I mean, I probably been like, ew. And then I probably would have still eaten it, but like, (laughs) There's things like that that you just don't realize. We were just so free willy-nilly with like, yeah, I don't know, germs, I guess. And like, not really thinking about what that means down the line. But there's just so many like things or experiences, bars and like going to concerts, like so much of that is going to be so different. Um, and I, in my head, I'm ready to do it. Like I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to hang out with my friends, but I also know when the day comes, I'm going to be panicking and I'm going to probably find a way to get out of it because I just, I'm like, I just, the questions I'm going to have, like, Mm I don't know. I get anxiety thinking about it now. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like birthdays, like how we blow out candles, like let me Mm -hmm. breathe all over the cake and then eat it. (laughs) And I'd be like, yep, give me the cake. And then I get seconds. Delicious. Yeah. I mean, I think even uh, there's definitely been times where I'm in this mental space of like, I just don't even have the energy to like text back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also just, I don't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything. I don't have anything new to tell you about. I don't know how to keep the conversation going. I'm not really okay. You ask how I'm doing and I say, fine. Like I... I'm nervous to even text people because I don't know how to keep a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's definitely just, I don't know. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah. It's been interesting. The phases of you're okay. You're not okay. There was a phase where like, I felt okay, but I also couldn't feel if mm. that, like, I just felt yeah. like I didn't have emotion or like I was numb to things like, and I'm not that I was like depressed but maybe I was, but I never really knew. But then I was also like, I'm okay. I just don't feel anything. And like, I was just cool with that. I would just like not really think emotion. <laughs> Cause I was like, I mean, at this point you're just so beaten down by 
so many different things and like not like just the shit that's gone on the shit that's still happening Mm -hmm. in the news and like all of the stuff that's going on it's almost scary how it becomes so normal that it doesn't even affect you like that was one of the things that I think even thinking about the George Floyd situation like the rest of America woke up and like the rest of the world woke up but to me Mm -hmm. that's another day like that's just like in the black community, like that's, we are not surprised by it. I was very happy of the reaction that was finally given. And I think a lot of that happened because we were all at home. And so, you know, awareness traveled a lot faster, but that's not the first rodeo in the black black community. So like when people were coming to me and I was very grateful that they were like, how are you, blah, blah, blah. I was also just kind of like, I don't feel anything because I'm just like, it's just, it's so normalized to us, unfortunately. I don't feel, I just feel numb. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. I think just the emotions and I think things haven't slowed down, right? Like this racism has been going on for, for years before this, it's still Mm -hmm. going on now. And this illness hasn't slowed down. Work hasn't slowed down in some places. Work has ramped up because now you're recreating what you have to do. There hasn't been vacations or celebrations or times to come together to support each other. And all we're doing is just trying to chug along and survive through the next day. And it really does wear on you. Yeah. But I am happy that we're getting somewhere. There is some light happening. We have vaccines coming out in about summer. Hot girl summer's coming, y'all. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great, great year. And Ali, I know that you got your vaccine, which is very uh, let me tell you about this <laughs> wild emotional roller coaster. All right, so I became eligible on a Monday. I woke up at four thirty in the morning. Went on the mass website for vaccines. And it said not a single place in the entire state of Massachusetts had vaccines. Oh my God. I also had signed up for the pre-registration for the mass vac sites, which yeah, that got me nowhere. I hear that if you do get an appointment, it's super efficient. Once you're there, it's just, there are not enough vaccines to go around. So it can be weeks before you even get an appointment. So it's 4.30 in the morning. I have tons of tabs open. I have each individual place. I have Walgreens. I have CVS. I have Wegmans. I have the local places. I'm on my phone and computer, and I'm just refreshing and refreshing and refreshing and half asleep on the couch while I'm refreshing. After two hours of this, I get in like into CVS's waiting room. I'm like, all right, it's happening. I get to the questions page. It then asks me how I'm eligible. And they didn't update the page. So I wasn't eligible. And it kicked me out. No. I'm cranky. I go back to bed. Take a cat nap before I work. Okay. Day two. Wake up. 4.30 a.m. Repeat this process. Mm -hmm. Only by 6.30, I didn't get anywhere. So I gave up and went back to bed. The next day, Wednesday, some magic happens, okay? I get into CVS's waiting room, but after an hour of getting in there, there are no appointments anywhere in the state at any CVS. But I didn't X out of the web browser. I kept the web browser open and kept refreshing all day, all day. Around 3 p.m., I got an appointment in Western Mass. 
for Ooh. Moderna. Moderna is two doses. And then has me go to schedule appointment too. My heart's racing. I'm thinking, holy shit, holy shit, this is happening. Wrong. No second appointments anywhere <gasps> in the state for Moderna. But there's this notification that says that they're holding appointment one. What does that mean? I don't know. I call CVS. I talk to some guy named Brian. He Brian. tells me, yeah, Brian tells me that apparently everyone in the country is trying to get appointments on CVS's website. And basically the website glitched and I don't actually have an appointment. Keep trying. Thank Stop. you, Brian. So I keep this web browser open. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I keep playing this game. I keep playing this game. I don't X out. And finally, 5.47 a.m., I get the option of three locations in Western Mass. I pick the closest one. Boom, timed out. Refresh lets me in. I retype everything in. Now there's only two locations available, okay? And then I pick one. It then brings me to appointment two. I can't find any other places closer from Western Mass. So I just pick the same location. Two hours each way this drive will be. Oh my God. And I'm just praying, please don't kick me out. This has always been too good to be true. Finally, it brings me to put my insurance information in. Literally running around my living room, like, where's my purse? Where's my insurance card? Don't kick me out. I stupidly pressed the button where it asked if I had like regular health insurance and then prescription insurance. I don't have separate prescription insurance, but since my regular insurance covers prescriptions, I checked yes. Uh. No, the answer is no. So then I have to go back, uncheck it. Please save my appointment. Finally, the adrenaline's running. I get to the consent page. Honestly, didn't even read it. I could have consented to all my information being shared publicly. I don't care. I just click confirm. Boom, boom. Email comes. Text message comes. I am confirmed. Two appointments. Next day. Gotta go. This is great. This point, my adrenaline is pumping so much. I don't even go back to sleep. I'm just laying in bed. And then the nerve set in. Like, what if this is too good to be true? What if I drive two hours to Western Mass and they say, just kidding. It was a glitch, right? Oh, my God. Please go. This, this is just part one. This is just part one of the story of how I got an appointment. I oh haven't even god. told you about the experience of getting the vaccine. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. So I drive two hours to Western Mass. It's important to note that my car is about 10 years old. My aux cord stopped working. I don't have air conditioning. It's just like a great ride in <laughs> the Honda. Me and my thoughts. Yep. It's awesome. So I get to CVS. And while I was driving, they sent me a link, but I don't text and drive. So now I'm in the parking lot and I look at this link and apparently in Western Mass, I do not have cell service because why would I? So there's a link won't load. I can't check in. And I'm thinking, you got to be shitting me. I came all this way and now I'm not getting my shot. So put on my mask. I go inside and there's a woman sitting on a folding chair with a sign that says COVID-19 vaccine check-in. She asks for my name and if I checked it online. I'm now sweating. I'm panicking. I say my name. I explain it wouldn't load. I show her my phone. She's like, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. What's your date of birth? <laughs> whatever, girl. Sit down. Whatever. What's your date of birth? <laughs> I check out. She fills out the little card. Walkie-talkie someone that the next appointment's here. This is legit. And then she tells me to turn the corner and stand on the little tape lines. I'm literally in the makeup aisle standing on this piece of tape. 
people are shopping around me. Like some lady's looking for foundation while I'm just standing there like we're not six feet apart. <laughs> so I'm waiting. There's five people in front of me. I'm sweating. I'm not even sure why I'm nervous. It wasn't even getting like the shot or the needle. I think it was the fear that this was all too good to be true. And I was going to sit down and then they were going to tell me just kidding. So I'm sitting there. And then I'm also nervous because I'm around other people and I'm in this store and I'm indoors, even though we're all six feet apart and wearing masks. Then I'm nervous because I'm sweating that they do temperature check before they give you your shot and that my temperature is going to be too high because I'm so nervous, which is then making me more nervous. And clearly I'm just overthinking this entire thing. So while I'm waiting, the people at the front of the line, there's this man and a woman, they end up being husband and wife, and they're standing on the same like tape piece. So I know that they belong together. And this man is like, now he's gotten my attention because he's raised his voice and he's yelling at these two other gentlemen about how the other gentlemen are like super excited to get their vaccine. And this man with his wife is not happy to be there. He's yelling, how dare this country make us get vaccinated and finding every reason to be the biggest negative Nelly. Meanwhile, I wanted this vaccine so bad. I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning and collectively will drive eight hours round trip to get both doses. And this man is just the most negative person ever. So now the, like the vaccine is just in like random aisles. So the, there's two sections. The pharmacist comes out and she asks for who's next in line. And there's obviously two people, which that's not how this works. And <laughs> the wife explains that she has an appointment, but her husband does not. And in fact, he had an appointment a few weeks ago and was a no-show. But <gasps> they have a vacation planned in Las Vegas and that he needs to be vaccinated in order for them to go because she wants to fly and not drive and that she needs him to get vaccinated. Do they have any extras? So this pharmacist explains that she doesn't have any extras. So now she pauses the whole process, talks to the other pharmacist who says that she had a no-show from earlier that day and that this man could have it. And I'm like, honestly, good for him, whatever. Like the more people we get vaccinated, the better. Let's get herd immunity. And so you can hear everything. There's no privacy. Now the pharmacist is going through her protocol. She's asking the appropriate questions. She's explaining side effects you may happen. You have to stay for 50 minutes before you can leave and he is just like being so rude to her yelling at her arguing with her she's just doing her job she even goes out of her way to go get this man a vaccine card because when he checked in he didn't get one so she's like you'll need this she makes sure he gets a second appointment going above and beyond and he is so rude he doesn't even wait his 15 minutes he storms out of the store and of course I get called next Mm. And so I've witnessed this whole commotion and I now get called by the pharmacist. I'm sitting in the baby aisle. There was a sale on wipes. (laughs) Yep. Huggies were behind me. There was a sale on wipes across the way. There's like people straight up shopping while you're getting your vaccine. There's no privacy. Hence why I could hear this man's entire conversation. Mm -hmm. So this pharmacist just looks so defeated she just looks tired, worn out. This man was so rude to her. She's been on her feet all day. And she has her supplies set up. Like she clearly like moved some of the Huggies diapers down and like her gloves and things are just on the shelf. This is like a makeshift little situation. And so she's wicked nice. She gives me the shot in my arm, wicked quick. And I look up at this defeated woman and I am just overcome with relief. And I say, thank you for giving me this miracle. 
And she pauses and she says, you know what? This is a miracle. Thank you for being so happy about receiving it. And then she held my hand with her gloved hand and she teared up, which then made me start to tear up. Oh, she goes, God. okay to cry. And we just experienced a miracle together. And then we both just cried in the diaper aisle of CVS. And then she was like, okay, go sit in the card aisle for 15 minutes and then you can leave. Okay, that's enough. And it was just so beautiful. And I was so overcome with emotion. I wanted to share this story because this year has been really hard. Um, I've been in a lonely slump at times and some dark mental places. And I'm tearing up just talking about this right now. And although it's been a hard time, we didn't always talk about it. I know I would feel bad and say, you know, people have it worse and I'm lucky. And so I didn't want to talk about it. And we're all on our own journeys. And I think when we don't talk about the suck in our life, it just continues to consume us. Um, but we're not alone. We're all experiencing different situations. And I wanted to share the story because I think it brings hope, right? Like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Science is winning all of the healthcare professionals and folks working to save lives and keep this world going. Thank you. Thank you to this pharmacist. Not everyone's going to appreciate it, but I appreciate them. And I hope this woman is the same woman to give me dose too um, in a few weeks. But regardless, overall, interesting experience. If you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> Do the best you can. That's my story. I love this story so much. I got a little emotional too. Lots of crying is going to happen this episode. I think people listen to this. I just love like, I don't know, like this is, we've been living this for so long and we're all so fucking exhausted. Mm -hmm. and I feel like this vaccine is the one thing that we're all looking at is like, holy shit, I think we can actually make it this time. Like, holy shit. Like, the we, miracle. It's happening. Like, this is crazy, crazy that it's a reality. Cause I did not think that, I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was gonna take a lot longer than how fast it did to come out with a vaccine that would actually work. Mm -hmm. And to also the fact that we have three vaccines, maybe even four at some point. Like, what? Science. Insane. Amazing. It really is a miracle. It really is a miracle. I can't wait to get mine. I've learned yesterday that I am fat enough to be qualified for the vaccine. So just saying <laughs> to all those people who are in the obese category of their BMI, it's our time to shine, y'all. Probably everyone because BMI is a joke. Such so a joke. go test your BMI. Don't go by <laughs> yourself. Be like, yo, I get vaccinated. Yeah enjoy it. I can't wait. No, this was a wonderful story. I can't wait. I have a couple of friends too that have also been vaccinated as well. And I have like actual vaccination FOMO now at this point, because there's so many people I know that are either have like at least a shot or are fully vaccinated. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to live that life. Soon. 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 So, so soon. Um, well, we do have a couple of other listener quick quick quotes of just like lessons that they've learned from this pandemic. Um, so Victoria, she let us know that this pandemic made her realize the importance of enjoying her life in the here and the now. And we hey. love that. Yeah. I love that I a lot. I agree. 
And Natalie also gave us a little bit of a life lesson here. Um, she was able to get better balance in her life with more time to take care of herself, which let me tell you, 2020 was the year of self-care. And if no one knew what that meant, we all knew what it meant by the end of 2020. <laughs> and honestly, I hope Natalie that you and everyone else listening continues that self-care mm-hmm. and that it doesn't go back to the way things were because being overworked and tired is not a way to live. Self-care no. is important and self-care does not always have to mean spending a ton of money and going out and doing that. Self-care can be simple things like reading a good book, taking time to watch a show that brings you joy, taking a bath, a hot shower, painting your own nails, whatever it is, self-care is important. I'm glad you figured that out during this pandemic and was able to find some positive. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I think we need more love and appreciation for ourselves. I think we learned the importance of taking ourselves, taking care of ourselves, like not even physically, but mentally, emotionally, like it's been a challenge that I think we all recognize. And the more that you put yourself first, which I think many of us struggle with, I personally definitely have struggled with that. You don't realize how much you pour into others or into other things Mm. and don't pour into yourself. And you wonder why you're drained every day, you're really tired, you're struggling. It could be because you're not giving yourself the shit that you need to feel fulfilled and to just feel whole. So big proponent of self-care and do whatever the fuck that means to you, do it. Yeah. And you can't take care of anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. Preach. And if you try, it's not, you know, you're not your best self. And I think taking, having self-care helps you be your best self and also helps you give yourself a little bit of a break too, from just like the bullshit. So if it's a 10 to 15 minute meditation, which is what I fucking love to do, I recommend you do it because let me tell you, quieting those thoughts in your mind can really work some wonders for you. (laughs) I meditate before bed helps me get into sleep mode. Same. Also, because I usually just fall asleep when I meditate. So I'm like, I should probably shift this around, not do this at the beginning of the day anymore. (laughs) Well, clearly we're all just doing the best we can. We're all in this together. Thank you to those who shared things that they learned and experienced during this pandemic and keep doing the best you can. And if you have a story to share, you can email us at bestwecanpodcast at gmail.com. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram at bestwecanpodcast and on Twitter at bestwecanpod. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And remember, you're doing the best you can and your best is good enough. Bye, besties. See you next week. Bye.